Hi, everyone, and welcome to Murder Amarillo. We are a true crime book club podcast. I'm your host, Tara. And I'm your host, Michelle. How's it going, Michelle? It's going pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm confused because it's Monday when it feels like Sunday, but that's yes. okay. Yeah, we're recording on a different day, but it'll be fine. Happy family day, everybody. Yes. Happy family day. Long weekend. It's all yes. good. And happy belated Valentine's Day, I guess. True. True. Yes. Yes. We have a great tradition every year of sending each other serial killer Valentine's and it's just my very favorite. It's my favorite too. I don't even celebrate Valentine's Day with my husband, but I celebrate Valentine's Day with Tara. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> every year. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And we finally get to finish our discussion about BTK, Dennis Rader, Mr. get him Dennis out of, Rader. I just want him out of my brain. My brain is yeah. melted. I'm kind I of know. over it. <laughs> I know. I am so aware. <laughs> I feel like every time we deep dive into a case, like you just dig and dig and dig and you look into it for weeks and weeks and then you just hit a wall and you're just like, okay, no more. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I can't learn one more disgusting fact about this asshole. Exactly. I'm done. Yes. So we're going to get through this episode. I'm super excited because I love our book club episodes, but Me I'm too. also happy to be done talking about this big gross pig. Me too. Yeah. So shall we? Yeah. All, All right, right, friends. Grab your glass and get cozy. Let's book club it up. Tink, tink. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first question, I, uh, I kind of moved it around a little bit on us, but I felt like mm -hmm. there's two books that we're discussing. So I felt it, it flowed better if we talked about who and why we chose these books first, right? Um, before we dig into anything else. Mm -hmm. um, I found Serial Killer's Daughter at Costco, what, like last year? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the I year stole it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was just drawn to it in the book aisle mm -hmm. and picked it up, flipped through it and put it in my cart. And then Tara promptly stole it as soon as I, I brought it to work. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's just been on our reading list since. And then when mm -hmm. we were stuck after Mindhunter, we both kind of agreed yeah. that we should do that one. And then we also knew when we were going to do Serial Killer's Daughter that we would do a more mm -hmm. Raider based book, not just his right. daughter's side of it. And I went to Amazon and I just was like, okay, yeah, where's all the BTK books? And mm -hmm. this one was drawn to me just because I'd heard lots of good reviews through the Morbid podcast about it. So mm -hmm. I, I chose it. I was very close to choosing John Douglas's yes. BTK book, but yeah, I figured we, we just read his books. We so. just fangirled about him for so long <laughs> that we're like, okay, we, we should probably switch this up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I think it's a good combination to do a serial killer's daughter and then also pair it with another book that would give us kind of the more grisly details because mm -hmm. I knew Carrie Rawson's book wouldn't go into those details, which is absolutely fair. Like no daughter should have to go into the no those details, those sick and twisted things that their sadistic father have done. So yeah, I think it was a good choice to include Confession of a Serial Killer as well. Yeah, and I'm really happy we did it that way because it gave us a really interesting perspective on her side of him. Yes. Especially because we read Serial Killer's Daughter first and mm -hmm. then we read yeah. Confessions of a Serial Killer. So it just 
it, I yeah. think it, it was a really well-rounded perspective, like all really, of the different angles. It was really interesting. Yeah. I really enjoyed both books for mm -hmm. that. So yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Did I miss anything? Anything I forgot? No, I don't think so. I just said that, um, yeah, we're like, what do we do next? Peered through our bookshelves and we're like, well, we got to pick a big one. Like we promised a big one for the winter months and right. this one's a doozy. So yeah, Michelle was brave and was like, let's do it. And I'm like, That's okay, yeah, <laughs> you got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Should we dive in? Let's do it. All right. So we're starting today by discussing Serial Killer's Daughter. Do that one first, and then we'll discuss Confessions of a Serial Killer. Mm -hmm. So Serial Killer's Daughter is written by Carrie Rossin, um, and the synopsis for the book says, In 2005, Carrie Rossin heard a knock on the door of her apartment. When she opened it, an FBI agent informed her that her father had been arrested for murdering 10 people, including two children. It was then that she learned that her father was the notorious serial killer known as BTK, a name he'd given himself that described the horrific way he committed his crimes, bind, torture, and kill. As news of his capture spread, Wichita celebrated the end of a 31-year nightmare. For Carrie Rawson, another was just beginning. She was plunged into a black hole of horror and disbelief. The same man who had been a loving father, a devoted husband, a church president, Boy Scout leader, and a public servant had been using their family as a cover for his heinous crimes since before she was born. Written with candor and extraordinary courage, A Serial Killer's Daughter is an unflinching exploration of life with one of America's most infamous killers and an astonishing tale of personal and spiritual transformation. For all who suffer from unhealed wounds or the crippling effects of violence, betrayal, and anger, Carrie Rawson's story offers the hope of reclaiming sanity in the midst of madness, rebuilding a life in the shadows of death, and learning to forgive the unforgivable. About the author, Carrie Rawson is the daughter of Dennis Rader, better known as BTK. Since her father's arrest, Carrie has been an advocate for victims of abuse, crime, and trauma, sharing her journey of hope, healing, faith, and forgiveness. She lives with her husband, two children, and two cats in Michigan. Love that. I love that her cats got included on her book. I did too. That's very <laughs> sweet. <laughs> um, what was your first impression of the book, Tara? Well, I've had two different versions of the book. So I started mm -hmm. with what I would call the blue copy. Maybe it's green. I don't know. But it's the one that Michelle originally had. And it didn't really stand out to me too much. And it doesn't really have the typical true crime book feel to it. But I guess it's appropriate considering it's not your typical true crime book that dives deep right. into all the gory details. But rather, it, it shows a different loving side to a man that later turned out to be a total monster. Um, a lot of the story is about her journey with religion. So I guess in that sense, the cover pairs well with the story. But overall, I wasn't a huge fan of the look of that book. Um, mm -hmm. The other version, which I borrowed from my friend's mom, thanks Carla, uh, is it's more of the typical cover that you would expect to see. It has BTK's mugshot plus photos of the father and daughter together. And the color palette is the classic black, white, gray, red, which although common, I do like the aesthetic more. And I quite like the size and the feel of it as well. And um, this is one of the only books that I have read all the way through with no audiobook. So that was important that it felt comfortable. <laughs> That's awesome. Because, you That's know, awesome. I'm a cheater. <laughs> but there are no audiobooks for either of these books that I could find. Hey, anyways. you only have so many hours in the day. That's right. Cheat away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were your thoughts? Uh, so my first impression was, like I said, me standing in the Costco book aisle and, you know, 
back mm-hmm. when we could actually go places. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> um, the word serial killer drew me in and I was like, mm-hmm. must pick up. And then I realized that that dead eyed, hairy armed dude on the cover was BTK. And I was like, oh yeah, I need oh, to buy yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> and um, the book itself is nice. It's a good size. There's a picture of Carrie as a child and her dad on the cover and the words, my story of hope, love and overcoming. And like Tara said, it's not your typical true crime book. It's like, <laughs> it's pretty. It's yeah, pretty. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty and um, feminine, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's very feminine, which yeah. I think that's good for her book. Like I yeah, think it makes sense telling her side of the story because of everything she went through. I think it's very fitting for the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also lots of pictures in the book that showcase Carrie's memories of her dad through her life before his arrest. There's pictures of them camping, hiking, you know, Mm. eating ice cream, Christmas mornings, and at her wedding, Mm. which are all fascinating to Mm -hmm. look at those. And you're like, this guy just looks so normal. So normal. But that's interesting because my version of the book does not have any pictures except for the ones on the cover. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I know. Neat. Uh, the only thing about the book that I don't really care for is the pages on my copy have rough edges. Yes. And it bothers me. People they're not on Instagram. They're were really rough. Pissed. <laughs> I <laughs> saw it. Me. <laughs> and I thought it was quite funny, but I'm like, I understand. Yeah. I, I don't know. It takes away from the, the feel of the book or something. I don't know. Right. Um. <laughs> Neither of us have read any other books that Carrie Rossin has written because this is her only one. So right. um, if she were to write another one about yeah. her life, I would probably read it actually. Yeah. Or just um, like dealing with trauma and all of that kind of stuff. Because yeah. she's an advocate. If she wrote a book like that, I think that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I definitely would probably read it. Yeah. Um, and so what did you know about the subject before <laughs> reading the book? I'm not going to lie. I, I've never done a deep dive into the BTK case before, uh, probably because I knew it would piss me off. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I have done some light researching and reading on the internet in the past because I'm a weirdo like that and I'll do it randomly. Um, but I know I listened to the Dennis Rader episodes of Serial Killers, uh, podcast, podcast. Um, it was years ago. And so I was aware of the main points of the case, like the buy and torture kill aspect, and that he had been installing security alarms in people's homes, and that he was an absolute doorknob and sent the police a floppy disk. (laughs) And they told him that it couldn't be traced back to him. So I was well aware of that part, because I think it's the best thing ever. Fantastic. Um, But other than that, I didn't know much about the murders themselves until I started reading the books. Uh, listen to Morbid's coverage of the case and watch some documentaries in preparation for this series. Yeah, I didn't really know much about her dad's story at all. Like you said, yeah. um, I knew that he found them, tortured them, killed them. Yeah, I knew he was a family man. I knew he was a church leader, but mm-hmm. didn't really know anything else because I'd never taken the time to dive into him. Yes. But I know everything. Now. Yes, now we know everything. All the things. All the we would have known more if, you know, Mindhunter would continue their series. And oh, come on, Netflix. With the BTK aspect of it, but no. Right? <laughs> Do you think this book is overrated or underrated? Uh, so the reviews for this book are all over the board. Yes. Either people love it or they hate it. 
Totally. And I would say it's neither under or overrated. It fell mm-hmm. in a nice in-between place. Mm-hmm. The people that hated it were because they really wanted the gory details yeah. of yeah. of BTK. And there no are other books for that. Like other- no daughter should have to write that. So no. no, she doesn't want to have to go through all of the details that we had to go through. We you know, no. Yeah. No, no. I, I really liked it. I I think it's just kind of sat middle ground and mm-hmm. I don't agree with the people that hated it though. So. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Pretty much said the same thing. Like I feel like in the last three book club episodes, I have said the same response, but I feel like it was appropriately rated. Like it's right in the middle. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's a great book, a New York times bestseller, but I wouldn't put it on the same pedestal as like a classic, like Mindhunter, but that doesn't mean it's not a great right. book. Yeah. Right. Um, what did you like best about the book? What's well, probably an obvious answer, but I like how it showed you the perspective of the killer's family, which obviously that is the point of the whole book, but it's not a perspective that we really ever get to see, but they're victims as well. And their lives are also changed forever. And not only do they lose a member of their family, but it also taints all of the good memories that they have ever had with that person. And totally. there's there's so much hurt, betrayal, and guilt that comes along with it. And they shouldn't have the burden of carrying all of that, but they don't have a choice in the matter. Um, They're viewed as the enemy. They're guilty by association, but in reality, they're suffering too. And they they also have to face the decision of whether or not to forgive the person that essentially ruined their lives in order for them to be able to move forward. And that's not something anyone can really understand or have the right to judge because we're not in their shoes. Totally. Mm Mm-hmm. And I agree. I loved, I loved that she shared what her life was like before and then how her father's actions broke her and her family and mm-hmm. just gave a very interesting look into the lives of the family of a, of a serial killer and how damaging it is. Mm-hmm. What did you like least about the book? I hated his letters to her oh, yeah. once he was caught. I hated them. Yes. He's so nonchalant about his crimes and accusatory to his family for not communicating with him. Like he's mad that he's being treated differently than he was prior to the truth. Mm-hmm. Again, it's his narcissism that I hate. Like, it's just, I hate him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, we mentioned it in our case episodes, but the part where he said that his family was not very Christian for not writing him letters. Like I just could not believe it. That just pissed me yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What about you? What it That should have been my response, but I did say something different. <laughs> Um, I had actually started reading this book a few years ago when I stole it from Michelle and I was having troubles getting sucked into it. I just felt like at times there was unnecessary detail, like what color the dishcloth was hanging in the kitchen or what everybody was wearing all of the time. And I mean, I, I find her memory very impressive because Mm -hmm. I can't remember what I ate, wore, or did two days ago, (laughs) but she (laughs) seems to remember like everything in picture perfect clarity. So some details were great for setting the scene so you could really envision it, but at times it was a bit too much and it wasn't really pulling me in to find out what would happen next. But after reflecting on the book, I feel like perhaps she was stalling as she was trying to work up the courage to talk about the really heavy stuff. So maybe that's why it took so long to get to that point. But that's entirely conjecture on my part. That's just the feeling that I got. Um, My other thought about that would be because we talked about it in our case episodes about how trauma solidifies your memories. Yes. Yeah. 
I, I found that part interesting actually that mm -hmm. because she could remember all of those details and it yeah. was like, oh, because this like huge traumatic thing happened and you're just yes. like trying to find the normal in your yep. every day. So mm -hmm. the color of your dishcloths and you yep. know what your mom was wearing or whatever. Right. And I totally get it. be related to that trauma. Yes, definitely. And like, I know like the night where the neighbor was murdered. Like I totally get that. I can see that connection. There was just mm -hmm. some parts of the story that kind of deviated from what it seemed like the total story, but it is her story in the end. So it's all, it is all relevant. Mm -hmm. um, but however, when she got into what happened after the arrest and what it was like, not only dealing with the horrible news, but also navigating the media and the PTSD, I was hooked and I thoroughly enjoyed the rest of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I threw this extra question in, yes, <laughs> um, because I found this part really interesting, but, okay. um, how did you feel about the part of the book where they were hiking the grand Canyon? I feel like this is a trick question because you're <laughs> looking for something specific, <laughs> but well, I, I was just, um, really, really curious. Cause that yeah. part just, it, it gave me some feels. So okay. I wanted to okay. hear your feels on it for sure. Well, I had mixed feelings about this part and for one, I could relate because I have been on a horrible hike where shit was going so wrong and it was a terrible experience. So the whole time I was reading that part, I was thinking about my personal experience and almost dying in the mountains. <laughs> but, um, otherwise this kind of was the point where I had stopped reading the first time. I felt like it was dragging on for quite a while. And I was also getting quite frustrated because I had to keep reminding myself that Dennis Rader is a horrible monster, but the whole time he was such a normal dad and I was almost feeling bad for him at times. I <laughs> know. It, it, got, it just made me mad because I was like, no, he's a bad person. Like, remember that. But he's such a normal dad though. So it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I found it exceptionally eye-opening but mm. also like anxiety inducing like i oh. felt tightness in my chest the whole time i was reading it because i was like oh. oh my god they're gonna die in the grand canyon i know they're not gonna die in the grand canyon because he right. goes on to do terrible horrible things but i'm like mm -hmm. is is his son gonna die right um yeah. for those of you that haven't read the book there's multiple chapters where he decides that he's gonna go hike the grand canyon with his mm -hmm. daughter his son and his nephew and they're not prepared well his mm -hmm. son got sick he left his son behind and then he let his son hike all heavy part of that grand canyon trail by himself by himself which yeah. like so yeah. many things about that i was like okay this is awful yep his determination in getting to his location at risk to not only his health but his kids and nephews was so interesting mm. That mm -hmm. determination because he set his mind to this, right? Right. The fact that he decided to leave his son behind because he was sick to let him do the very dangerous hike alone and to meet up with them later is so telling about how once he set his mind to something, it did not matter. Mm. Nothing was going to stop him. Yeah. He also was not as prepared to do that hike as he thought. Mm. And he had the wrong gear and shit went sideways, which let's be honest, that's kind of how his murders went. Yeah, it's true. Definitely. So he thinks he's like, so educated in this department and so prepared, totally. but when it actually starts to happen and nothing goes right, it turns no. out he's not prepared at all. No. And I just found it really interesting how he was like, yeah, we're hiking the Grand Canyon. I've done my yeah. research. I know all this stuff, yeah. but then he really didn't. Yeah. It's like, as right? soon as something so. goes sideways, he can't handle it. He can't handle it when it doesn't go perfectly planned. It's like, yeah. nope, can't deal with it. <laughs> Which, you know, I can kind of relate to 
because I'm a planner. I need to know a lot yeah. of things. I need, I need all yeah, of that. But I think we're both, but. Planners, but we both have done well in vet med and that shit, as much as you try, you can't plan it. You know, you cannot nope. react quickly. And I think we both do well at that. So you can absolutely plan, but you also have to know how to deal with situations when they don't go as planned. <laughs> right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, do you have a favorite quote from the book? And would you like to explain why? <laughs> yes. Um, so I kind of talked about this in our case episode, but I'm going to read the actual quote from the book. Mm -hmm. um, quote, when I was in seventh grade, I'd stayed with a friend and her mom told us that not far from their house, someone had thrown a, a cinder block through a lady's sliding glass door. The lady had gone missing and was later found murdered. I remember eyeing my friend's door warily. From that time on, I didn't like glass doors. Ten years later, I called dad to ask what he thought about the little place I wanted to rent. Then, four years after that, I learned he was the one who threw the cinder block through the sliding glass door I was told about in the seventh grade. That door belonged to Mrs. Davis, end quote. And so she did this often. She would recall something traumatic from her childhood and be able to line it up with her dad's horrible deeds. With the glass door, she was worried about the one in her apartment and her dad assured her that she would be safe on the second floor. He's like, yeah, you're no problem. Yeah. Of course he would know she was safe. He was the guy that did the horrible things. Exactly. <laughs> She remembered breaking her arm and her dad being pissed because they were supposed to go away. And that was right after he'd murdered one of his victims. Mm -hmm. And I just found it so interesting how she was able to piece together what was happening in her life. Mm -hmm. At the same time, her dad's life was so drastically different. Oh, yeah. It's insane. <laughs> I have no words. Like if you look back in your childhood and like, oh, yeah, all these like seemingly normal events for the most part. And then they're all now tied to horrible things like I can't even imagine like all your memories are tainted even ones that Every aren't directly one. connected it'd be like oh but what was my dad doing at that time you know you'd always have that exactly. thought like, yeah totally I know you have a couple um quotes that you liked from the book I do I have a few <laughs> I'll start with a shorter one in my explanation then I have a longer one and then I have a really quick one so bear with me <laughs> okay uh, first one, quote, the key to surviving life with dad, watch the pot cautiously, turn down the heat, and know when to get out of its way before it blows, end quote, which loved that. pretty self-explanatory. But for the most part, Carrie described her dad as a very loving and caring person, could not have been a more normal dad. However, she does acknowledge that he had a temper and his family had always known what to look out for and what to do in order to prevent him from totally losing it. But honestly, mm -hmm. I think it's a relatively normal thing that people do all of the time. We subconsciously study the behavior of those around us and avoid doing things or saying things that we know will set them off. 100%. But then to look back later and find out what that person was actually capable of, it changes everything and forces you to go back and reevaluate all those situations like we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. My second quote, spoiler alert, she forgave her dad. <laughs> mm -hmm. But if you're here listening to a book club discussion, you should expect spoilers if you haven't already read the book. <laughs> <laughs> but quote, I'd been holding on too tightly to the bandages I wrapped around my wounds years ago, wearing my armor to protect my heart from getting hurt again. I wasn't just holding out on my dad and myself. I was holding out on God. I was rotting within so I forgave my dad for myself. 
after I forgave my father, the rot was removed, the hardness lifted, and I came back to myself. The old me I thought was lost, gone forever. God led me through the canyon, one foot in front of the other, and God saw me minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, through all that followed. One foot in front of the other, I continued forward after forgiveness. I began to unwrap the bandages, letting light and air in so my wounds could truly heal rather than just being protected. End quote. Oh, that just gave me goosebumps. Oh, well, <laughs> good. <laughs> I chose that quote because I felt like it just ties the whole book together, her relationship with both her dad and her faith and how forgiveness could let her grow and heal and move forward with her life. And personally, mm-hmm. I don't think I could forgive such a horrible monster, but I'm not in her position and I'm not here to judge. So she's a better person than I, and I'm glad she's able to move past this, not only for her sake, but for her husband and her children's sake as well. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then last one, <laughs> super quick. Um, I like it because it has to do with vet stuff. So obviously it speaks to me. <laughs> her kittens were diagnosed with feline leukemia virus, which is a fatal disease. And she was devastated. But the veterinarian told her, quote, these guys don't know they will die and they aren't dying today. And the words not dying today helped her grow to be stronger. And it just really made my heart happy. I loved that part really too. Really sweet. So. I was like, of all the shit luck, she gets feeling cats too. I know. Like- <laughs> it's the worst. And like the worst timing. And oh, yeah, made me sad. But I thought that was a really nice yes. quote. And it just reminds you like things that you say that you may not think much about. It could affect somebody going forward more than you could ever know. Totally. Um. What were you feeling when you read this book? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> real talk, it may be pretty sad at times. So there's a lot of talk about mental health and depression, anxiety, trauma, all of that. And it made me think about myself and not going to lie. It did make me cry. <laughs> she was dealing with postpartum depression. Obviously not something that I've experienced. You know, I've never had a kid. Uh, but she says, quote, all the baby wanted was me. And all I wanted to do was sleep because sleep alleviated all worry, all pain and all suffering. And <laughs> that hurts me because I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's my insomnia. That's why I get so anxious. It's not just insomnia. It's not just not being able to sleep. It's like wanting to turn your thoughts off. And I can't do that because I'm laying in bed anxious and my brain is just going. So I'm like, oh, that hurt me. So yeah, it was at times um, I was really sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That part got me for sure because yeah. I did have postpartum depression and yeah. that quote, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sleeping is easy. Like mm-hmm. yeah, everything you, stops hurting when you're sleeping. I know. You can just right? so. shut those thoughts off. But if you can't get to sleep, then it's, mm-hmm. that's the worst. <laughs> yes. I felt, mm-hmm. yeah. I was kind of triggered by that, actually, yep. but I was like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Even reading um, that right now, I feel triggered. <laughs> yeah, but it's mm-hmm. amazing that she's able to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, maternal mental health is a thing. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately am one in 10 that was diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety, and it's not fucking fun. Oh, no. God, Straight no, up. I'm... Not going not gonna to tell you it's fun. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, I had good people in my life and a good doctor, and I got medicated, and yeah, my babies are everything. And but... you're the best mom, truly. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I definitely, definitely had some feels mm-hmm. while reading the book as well. Totally. Um, 
I was angry at her dad the mm. whole time because I knew he was a shit human being and he led her to believe that he wasn't and she just loved him for him oh, yeah. and it just was not fair. Yeah. Um, and I was so sad for her. I was just so sad. Mm. The trauma that she had to fight through and like, it wasn't just one trauma. It's like, she has PTSD. She's got postpartum depression. She's got like suicidal yeah. thoughts. Like it's- Oh yeah. So many things. All of this crazy mental health stuff. And she just kept mm -hmm. plowing through yep. and eventually got the help that she needed. And mm -hmm. I found her really inspiring as well. Her strength yeah. was like amazing. I just kept thinking if I found out my dad was a shit human like BTK, oh, yeah. I would never be able to face another day. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Right? Like never ever be able to face another day mm -hmm. so i yeah huge respect for her i think Absolutely. she's brave i think she's strong i think her family is brave and strong and like mm -hmm. she's bringing light to all of these mental health issues that she yeah. had no intention of bringing light to but she did yes exactly mm -hmm. and it's kind of i don't know i feel like it's the first of its kind to like talk about it being on the other side of this whole yeah. situation because it feels like Oh, you can't talk about it. Like you, you're not allowed to because you're not the victim here. But it shows, like, no, they they absolutely are. They are a victim, yeah. absolutely. So there's a lot of people that are affected by situations like this that don't get to share their voice. At least they don't feel no. like they can. So it's no. awesome that she's able to come forward and and put that yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, what were your favorite pictures included in the book, and why? Well, I don't really have a favorite picture. Mm -hmm. because they pretty much all have her dad being a normal dad in them and he has a punch me face um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mostly the pictures just made me sad for her yeah because they're so like, normal and like they're so normal and like she has the picture in there she's like this is the last time I saw my dad mm -hmm. yeah yeah and, and he's just normal and mm -hmm. he's with her and her husband and they're just yep. like smiling at the camera doing normal and you know, human things. Right. And I mean, I don't have pictures in my book, but I know the pictures that you're referring to. And it's like of all walks of life, you know, all those big milestones and everything, he was there mm -hmm. for it all. And then mm -hmm. to find out that it's just not the person you thought it was like, it's right. And even I did, that. I did have a little, it did have a little giggle because there's lots of pictures of them hiking the Grand Canyon in, in, mm -hmm. in my copy anyways. Yeah. And there's a picture of like, Dennis standing on a rock in like Captain Morgan position oh, yes, with his, yeah. his socks pulled up tall and like, <laughs> I'm like, you're just such a dork. Like nobody yeah. would think anything else, oh, yeah. right? Just just, a, that's just my dorky dad. Dorky right? dad. Like, dad jokes and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure. Like, right? I'm sure yeah. of it. Uh, what did you think about the book's length? Would you have shortened it or added anything to it? Uh, yeah, again, I, I think there were some parts that had a little bit too much detail and dragged on a little bit. But other than that, I think it was a really good length. Read it in, in good time. I, yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, same. I read it in like a week and a half, which was impressive. Cause oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> for me, I'm, I read at night when my kids are asleep and I usually yeah. fall asleep. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, she didn't go into great detail about her dad's crimes, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I can't blame her for that. No, so it no. was, it was the right length. And the things she covered outside of his crimes were profound. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I guess we knew that going in, like I never expected her to go into any details of any of the crimes. And that's why we chose another book to pair with it. 
But mm -hmm. yeah, I guess some other people don't feel the same way. They think there should have been more detail, but I, yeah, I don't agree with that. I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> if you could hear the story from somebody else's perspective, whose would you want to hear? I would love to hear her mom's side. Yeah. I kept thinking through the whole thing. What about her mom? Like, I is know. her mom okay? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, my heart just like goes out to her. Like, oh yeah. Even reading the, the other book, I would just kept thinking about his poor wife. Yeah, I know. Poor Paula. That breaks my heart. Yeah, I what pretty much you? I said the same thing. I mean, it's it's Carrie's story to tell, like a serial killer's daughter. But again, like Paula's perspective, the mom, it would have been it would have been very interesting. And, I, and her feelings now would be interesting too. Absolutely. And also like, well, Carrie didn't have any inkling at all that anything like this was going on. But no. Paula did catch him two times nice. in in some pretty serious bondage. So that'd be an interesting perspective really to hear just to see what she was thinking at that time and and all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, on to our favorite question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what song or songs does this book make you think of? Okay. I just have a couple. <laughs> I didn't go overboard. Um, I thought of A Father's Love by High Valley. And I feel bad for adding this song because it's a really sweet song. And it describes the father-daughter relationship that they had before mm -hmm. their rest. You know, it's taking care of her vehicles and her home. And that was his way of saying, I love you. And I mm -hmm. feel like that's what it was before all of this changed. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And then I picked Hold On by Kansas because I really wanted yes. to include a, so a song by Kansas. <laughs> Obviously, they're in Kansas. But uh, the song itself is pretty soothing. It talks about innocence dying and encourages you to keep moving forward, which she obviously had to do. And that was not an easy battle. Um, and then my last one that I picked was Blown Away by Carrie Underwood it's about her dad being a mean man and that she was praying that song yeah praying that a twister would blow away their house because you can't wash out the sins and the pain out of it all um mm -hmm. so i thought it was pretty relevant especially because after btk's arrest no one had ever stayed in their family's home again and it was eventually torn down so i was like oh yeah, yeah that's a good one very fitting yeah what did you pick well um the first one i picked is a beautiful trauma by pink and I just That's love that song. It's yeah. powerful and mm -hmm. it's just all about overcoming your trauma and yeah. Ta-da. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I also put Faith by George Michael because mm -hmm. her faith in God got her through oh, yeah. so many things. So, totally. so many things. Mm -hmm. She couldn't have done it without him. Yep. Um, this is going to hurt by 6 a.m. Because mm. honestly, <laughs> it's... It's gonna yeah, hurt. Gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah, pretty self-explanatory. Wicked song too. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice. and this one's cheesy, but "Survivor" by Destiny's Child. Oh yeah, but it's that's appropriate. Yes. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> um, what questions do you still have? I have a few. Um, how does she feel about the true crime community in general? Like, I'm curious mm. to know her thoughts about others being interested in true crime as we are mm -hmm. and if there's anything she would change about how people talk about these types of cases yeah i'm sure it's it's definitely not easy um but if she she understands the interest of it all and, and all of that also how she was told about her father was obviously it obviously had a huge effect on her and it was a big part mm -hmm. of her ptsd and it always replayed in her head so does she have any suggestions as to how those conversations could be done differently and i know 
regardless, the news is going to be devastating and and all of that. Like obviously it's it's huge news, but is there a different approach or wording that should be implemented in these situations? And that's just the manager in me picking apart conversations, wording body language to find out how it could be done better. Love but, it. But I'm curious about that because it seems like the person that was sent to tell her the news was not experienced in that field. So I wonder, like, does that happen often? Like, are there protocols? Like, I'm very curious about that. Yeah, they should write a protocol about that. Totally. <laughs> um, and then what has the overall response been since coming out as BTK's daughter? Like, are people generally supportive and understanding or has there been a lot of backlash? Because I know I've seen a lot of mixed reviews like on Instagram. Yeah. Um, some were actually honestly pretty upsetting to me. Like I saw people mm -hmm. literally saying, fuck you, Carrie, like this, this is not okay. You're not a victim. And I, that broke my heart. I can't imagine like finally having the courage to like come forward with this story and then being told that you're not a victim. You're not allowed to talk like that. You don't get any sympathy. Like, come on, people have like, a heart. Keyboard warriors, like Ugh. go away. Yeah. You have no so, place here. Yeah. So I hope, I guess in that question, I hope that overall it's been positive and it's, it's helped so. her. Yeah. What about mm -hmm. you? Um, my only question is seriously, how's your mom? <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I need to know. Is she yeah. okay? Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> uh, what did you Google while uh, reading the book? Um, I Googled Carrie herself, mm -hmm. um, book reviews and pictures mostly. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Pretty much the same, mostly pictures of Dennis being a family man. But then, of course, when you search pictures of Dennis Rader, there's a whole lot of other disturbing Ooh, pictures don't. that come along with it. So My prepare recommendation yourself. is not to do that. Yes. Just don't. Yeah. Uh, you'll probably regret it. But if you choose to do it, that's yeah. on you. Um, also, yeah. like I mentioned previously, I looked up interviews that Carrie had done. And I watched a lot of footage of BTK's confession, which... Mm -hmm. I've said it before, but it will, it will make you mad. <laughs> sure will. It's and if okay. you, if you listen to our full case episodes, you will already know my feels on all of that, but yeah, <laughs> it will, it'll piss you off. Sure will. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you had the chance to ask the author one question, what mm -hmm. would it be? Yes. Or a person involved with the case? Yes. Um, yeah, if I just could ask Carrie one question, I would just um, say, what is the number one piece of advice you give to others that are going through a similar situation? Beautiful. What about you? Seriously, how's your mom? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I need to know. I know. Need to know. Um, right? Or if I could ask her mom one question, mm -hmm. um, it would be, what have you done to help yourself heal? Yeah. Because I really hope that she's. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can see that healed and Carrie's been on a long road but she has mm -hmm. done things now that have really helped obviously and i think the book yeah. was a big part of her her closure and putting yeah. it all into words so yeah curious what uh, paula has done to help herself heal because yeah. everybody heals in different ways absolutely and carrie didn't get to choose her dad yes paula chose dennis right right like that, so that must hurt you. oh yeah for sure yeah my heart just feels sad for her mm -hmm. all the time definitely um, we kind of already answered this question, but would you read more books from this author? Why or why not? Um, yes, I would. I thought I cut that question out. Um, <laughs> Still there. <laughs> um, absolutely. I would. Um, she just doesn't have any more to read. Yep, exactly. And like I said, 
previously if she wrote a book specifically on surviving abuse crime and trauma i think that would be pretty interesting mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. which i mean that is a lot of her book but you know just kind of like uh, a how-to like yeah what, what steps does she recommend for other people to take yeah exactly um what would you rate this book how many cats uh, i said eight out of ten cats yeah what said, about you yeah seven and a half cats oh nice yeah would you recommend this book to others absolutely i figured clearly <laughs> you i would for sure um i would say especially for those that just dip their toes into true crime but can't handle all the grotesque details this would be the yeah. perfect book for you um yeah. If you're a terrible person like myself that looks for all those details <laughs> then i would say yes absolutely still read the book in order to appreciate somebody else's perspective but just grab another book um that will have all the the case details like confession of a serial killer or um john douglas's as well which is inside mm -hmm. the mind of btk and although mm -hmm. i haven't read it i'm sure it would be fantastic as well sure it's amazing yep <laughs> awesome Shall we switch gears and dive on into our other book? Yeah, yeah. we were very kind in that first book. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we're going to be as kind yeah. in the second book. Right. And I will just say I was very thorough with a serial killer's daughter because I had a lot of time with it. I did not have a lot of time with confession of a serial killer. So my answers may not be as thorough and, and planned out, but I still have lots of feels about it. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Confession of a Serial Killer, The Untold Story of the BTK Killer by Katherine Ramsland. Synopsis is, in 1974, Dennis Rader stalked and murdered four family members in Wichita, Kansas. His fascination with serial killers had begun during his adolescence when he read about their crimes and fantasized about committing them himself. His urge to kill was never satiated for long, and by 1991, Rader had murdered six more people, mostly young women. By then, he had christened himself BTK, Find, Torture, Kill. Signing his new moniker to disturbing notes he wrote to terrorize the city, where he remained on the loose for 30 years. But in 2004, as he began to play ever riskier games with the police, he made a crucial mistake leading to his capture. When he was arrested, Raider's family, friends, and co-workers were shocked to learn that BTK had lived among them for decades, sharing in the rituals of their normal lives, and even serving as their church council president. Raider's case stands out both for his bizarre, brutal treatment of his victims and for the ordinary public face that he had consistently maintained to deceive the outside world. Through jailhouse visits, telephone calls, and written correspondence, Catherine Ramsland worked with Raider himself to analyze the layers of his psyche. She unveils in meticulous detail the childhood roots and deadly development of one man's motivation to stalk, torture, and kill. Ramsland reveals previously unknown aspects of the macabre motivations of this most famous of all living serial killers, presenting a brilliant, original, and rare glimpse into the making of a murderer. About the author, Catherine Ramsland, PhD, is director of the Masters of Arts in Criminal Justice program at DeSales University in Pennsylvania. She writes a regular blog for Psychology Today and has published 59 books, including The Mind of a Murderer and Psychopath. She is a very smart lady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she makes me feel like I know nothing. <laughs> like she's fascinating. The stuff she knows, man, it's impressive. Um, so let's talk about this book's first impressions. How did you feel? Overall, the size and the feel of the book are nice. The pages are super heavy duty, like good quality. So I really liked that. 
the cover. There's nothing really special behind the text. You can faintly see some rope, but you would have to look pretty closely to really see the details of it. And it's pretty well known that Dennis Rader did a lot of drawings. So I think if you're going to choose a picture of a random object, it would have been really interesting to have one of his drawings instead. Mm. But I know that mixed feelings <laughs> about that as well, because I don't want to give him like that much credit. But I think it's kind of the whole point of the book. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. Um I said another beautifully textured book. And I think I actually messaged you those exact words. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not too big. It's font is small, but from the first glance, I'm intrigued. I want to read more. Mm -hmm. I love the red background and the bold writing on the cover. Mm -hmm. Is this book overrated or underrated? I would say it's underrated, actually. Mm -hmm. um, it's not one that comes up on the must read true crime lists. And, mm -hmm. and I found it really insightful and really well done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I also said it was greatly underrated. I feel like nobody knows about this book. Like for comparison, The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule is somewhat similar as she had direct correspondence with Ted Bundy and includes letters from him. And that book is huge. Like it's one of the yeah, classics, which I mean, knows. rightfully so. But this book is pretty much written by BTK. And not that I, you know, again, I don't want him to have a bunch of attention because that's what he wants, but it's still extremely interesting to hear all of the information directly from the source. Mm -hmm. um, what did you like best about this book? I like the balance between hearing the story directly from the serial killer and having an extremely educated person to fact check his information and give further explanations. I feel like that's a pretty unique construct that I haven't seen yet in other true crime books. Way to just take my thoughts, Tara. Oh, well, yeah. Say them before I can. Yeah, it's bound to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much the same, what you yeah. said. I loved the in-depth detail of the story, and I especially loved Catherine Ramsland's input on his psychology. Like, yeah, that's totally. so neat to have his perspective plus her perspective on him, like, in the same book. Perfect. Very interesting. Love it. One of my favorite parts about the book mm -hmm. um, was that she wrote the epilogue so that she could get the final word mm. and not him. Yes. Yeah, I do love that. Yes, I, I loved that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did you like least about this book? Uh, Dennis Rader's writing and his shit grammar and yeah. some of the details that I didn't care to share. Oh my God, the details. <laughs> While we were recording our full case episodes it sounds like we have a lot of horrible details in which they are horrible details but michelle did you all a favor of not including so, a lot of honestly a lot of the shit that he said yeah it's yeah, some it of the was... nastiest things i've ever read in my life yeah it's yeah. pretty friggin' awful yep <laughs> <laughs> Um, what, what did you like the least? I mean, I should have had the same answer as you again, but <laughs> I said something a little different. Um, really there was not much that I did not like about it. Like I've said it a thousand times. I like to know why people commit horrible crimes. And I also mm -hmm. like to know the science behind it all. So it was exactly what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing I would have liked added was a key at the back of the book that was easily accessible to explain all of his abbreviations and his code words and all of that because there was so many and i know she had explained it in the book but it wasn't like at the very beginning or the very end it was 
I mean, it was pretty close to the beginning, but you had to dig for it a little bit. So I found myself yeah. always flipping back to that key to figure out what the hell he was saying. So just a little bit more easily accessible key to all of his crazy code words. So um, I got so far into it that I did. I no longer needed the key. Yeah. yeah. I understood everything yeah. he was talking about. And I was like, wow, right. that's horrible. And for the most <laughs> part, I got a lot of them, but there were some that weren't used quite as often. And I'm like, well, is that again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite quote? Or oh, well, quotes? I had 13 quotes marked off in my book and I'm like, <laughs> well, that's, I'm not going to put anybody through that. That's a little bit too many. Uh, so I chose a couple. Still a lot, but not 13. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so this is a quote directly from Dennis Rader. He said, quote, I did not fit into the normal profile of a serial killer. Why were there gaps of so many years? Bottom line, I was always on the prowl. Much like hunting and fishing rituals, you're planning, checking gear, perhaps reading and studying books or magazines. For the hunter, it may be a new gun or sporting gear to help him with a big one. For the fisherman, a new rod, reel, special lures, and the secret fishing hole to locate. In a way, this fills the gaps for the day-to-day -day in the field. The hunter might target practice, the fisherman might practice casting in the backyard, throwing a practice lure into the kid's wading pool. In both scenarios, the person has to have the time and proper season. It may take months or even years to plan a successful day. If you go to a hunter's den, you might find a trophy. But what about the off years? Yes, he may have been in the field, with only minor kills or fish catches and minor stories to recall or brag about, but they will always remember and have memorabilia for the big day, end quote. Obviously that speaks to me because I am a hunter and a fisherman and I'm just like, wow, I, I've honestly never considered serial killers in the same light as what I do yeah. for my hunting and fishing because I do all those things. Like unless you're a hunter, you, you don't have the perspective to know how much time and how much planning and research and preparation mm -hmm. that it takes. And for him to put it out like that really disturbs me because I don't it, want, I don't want to have anything to do with this man, but I'm like, damn, that's, that's what we do. That quote made me uncomfortable. I actually, it was one of the ones I had written down and I didn't choose it because it made me so uncomfortable. Cause I was like, totally. cause the last thing I want is to relate to this human being ever. I'm not a hunter. I'm married to a hunter and I, yeah. No one love lots of hunters, but yeah. Mm, yeah. Made me feel <laughs> Same here. Uh, and then I have a couple really short ones and then a longer one at the end again. Quote, it had been a long time from the last time Factor X exploded in my world and shattered somebody else's. And I, I thought that was interesting, even though I'm like, oh, I don't want to give him any credit. <laughs> yeah. Another one. <laughs> this one made me laugh. There's a couple that just made me laugh out loud. Quote, when I cut the line, the police should have thought about this being related to BTK, but they didn't. <laughs> that was my trademark. Because <laughs> you're the only criminal ever to cut a phone line. Right? Nobody's done that before. Nobody. Obviously, they're all connected. Every time that he wrote, like, that was my trademark when he's I talking know. about how he drank water. I'm like, or he Fucking... cut the phone line. I'm like, you're a doofus. No, <laughs> it's not. Uh, let's see. Another one. I think this one just made me mad. Quote, I tied her up in different positions and took pictures. I did not use the altar. I was bad and disturbed but I still had respect for some items in God's house, end quote. And, yeah. and 
he's of course talking about Marine Hedge, who he took yes. to the church. He took one of the victims, a dead body, into a church and took horrible pictures of her. But he still respects God's house, and he's still a good Christian. Yeah, that yeah. guy's going to heaven for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay, and then I have one more. So this is not Dennis Rader's words. This is from Catherine Ramsland. Quote, while their acts are shocking and extreme, serial killers are human. Working from within the human experience, we can track their psychological trajectories towards murder. Here I list some human characteristics. Overestimating our willpower. Idolizing ourselves. Daydreaming about power. Indulging in secret behaviors that keep attracting us. Deceiving others and keeping secrets. Experimenting and exploring. Attempting to control addiction without help presenting different faces for different situations. Most people can relate to this list on some level. Whether we like the idea or not, we overlap in some ways with people like Dennis Rader, Ted Bundy, and John Wayne Gacy. If we want to understand serial killers and perhaps develop programs for treatment and prevention, we should not categorize them as monsters who are too different from us to comprehend. They are more extreme, they are more deviant, but they start as human beings. Somehow, they take the experiences they have in common with all of us in different directions. How does this happen? I She's love her. Such a smart lady. Oh, it's fantastic. And I mean, I'm so guilty of it. I'm like, they're all monsters. You know, I've called them all the names in the book. But she's like, no, no, we like we have to recognize that they're human beings. And they've had a lot of similar experiences that we have. We just have to find out what made them different and what made them They're choose just more extreme yeah. a different path so that was a really interesting perspective that i don't generally think about yeah i know okay let's hear your quote or quotes uh this one's very similar to mm. your first quote but it's much okay. shorter okay uh it's from dennis Rader himself um quote in the grand scheme there were really no off years for me as people believe i was always on the prowl I just had no hits. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very similar. He was, and, he yeah. was busy, even though he wasn't, busy. he wasn't killing. He was busy. Busy. And it, yeah, it stood out to me because it's a very common understanding that he just stopped being a creepy creep, right? He right. just lived a normal, healthy life and like, yeah, you know, I, it was fine, but he didn't like, he right. was always doing something. He was drawing pictures paying attention to people as he's driving around he's he had so many parties projects quote air quotes that it, it's unbelievable how many I projects know. how many people he was watching stalking trolling whatever yeah and he was always Insane. thinking planning yes and like yeah one part that i thought was really interesting i didn't include the quote but his like his drawing that we had talked about his slick ads where he will take pictures of other people and then draw you know basically draw them into porn yeah. like draw bindings on them but at times it was he needed it in the flesh so great that he would stand in front of a mirror or a reflection and mm -hmm. draw bindings on a mirror on himself because he needed to see it physically and yeah. i just thought that was wild yeah He's insane. Just, like there was always something. He he never stopped. He no no. He just he, didn't kill anybody. Right for a big exact time. Yeah, and we often see that with serial killers, where they'll mm -hmm. they'll stop for a long time or whatever. And yeah, people just assume like, oh, they just got busy with life or they're locked up or whatever. And that sometimes yeah. is the case, but other times, no, they're still thinking about it, 
planning and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. And the other quote I picked was from Catherine Ramsland. And I love that you and I both picked hers as the last quote that we liked because she finally the last word. Totally. Um, quote, Raider wanted more than simple notoriety. However, he thought of himself as a supernatural creature, like a werewolf, and wanted someone with extraordinary powers to pay attention. This would up the stakes. When the FBI profilers offered their opinions, their efforts elevated the status of the BTK investigation. End quote. Mm-hmm. It's this glimpse into Raider's mind that solidified some of my understandings of him. This plus Ramsland's description of narcissistic immunity, which I talked about in part two, mm-hmm. really helped me to understand why he was doing the things he was doing. Right. Yeah. I right? always picked that quote too. I thought that was a really interesting one. Yeah. It's very cool. Excellent. Yeah. Great quotes. Yes. What were you feeling when you read this book? <laughs> oh boy. I had some feels. <laughs> a lot of feels. Um, I don't think I've ever made so many facial expressions while reading a book (laughs) or just having random outbursts because I was so shocked and angered and confused and just, I had so many emotions. (laughs) It was unreal. Um, So often I was just blown away by his contradicting statements. Um, My favorite one being, he was talking about how later on in in his career, He was getting pretty old for, you know, a serial killer. He was 59 at the time. And that meant he was so much smarter. But literally on the (laughs) next page, he talked about his final attack. He was planning on using a potato in a sock as his weapon of choice. Sure was. And I was like, excuse me? Like, you thought you were so smart and cunning. But no. smart. But you're going to use a potato? You are a potato. You, sir, are a potato in a sock. Like, <laughs> what? And I, I, I think that's what really blew me away, like, so often, which I shouldn't be surprised by it. But the contradictions that he would constantly make, I'm just like, is this guy serious? But he is. It drove me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, um, I just had deja vu, and that is really weird. Oh, something about you saying he is a potato in a sock (laughs) gave me deja vu and I don't know why. I don't think I've ever said those words before, but I think I have either. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Creepy. Weird. (laughs) That's weird. Uh, Cool. Uh, (laughs) uh, My feels while reading the book. Uh Uh-huh. Anger. Mm Mm-hmm. Disbelief. indescribable loathing yes <laughs> i was like that's Loathed all i got entirely yes 100 yes. percent. everybody but also like to talk about me loathing him entirely please oh my god it's my favorite tiktok <laughs> you've ever made um, <laughs> um but i was also completely fascinated by Catherine ramsland's mm-hmm. opinion of mm-hmm. everything so yeah but yeah. mostly loathing yeah mostly mm-hmm. yes lots of loathing mm-hmm uh, what was your favorite picture or pictures included in the book and why? All the pictures are pretty terrible, actually. They're um, weird, man. Especially <laughs> his drawings and yeah. him in self-bondage. Ew, ew, oh, ew. Wow. Um, yeah. But if I was choosing a favor, favorite, wow, I can talk. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be the picture of him being arrested on his lunch hour. Oh, yeah. That's classic. That is fantastic. Chef's kiss. Yes. <laughs> I love when um, Michelle first got her book and she snapped at me a picture of him in self-bondage. I was like, wow, (laughs) 
this is gonna be fun (laughs) i'm like prepare yourself yes i'm like oh that's what we're getting into great um i actually thought that his self-portrait was pretty interesting i just remember learning in psych classes a lot about people's drawings um it was a lot about child psychology but like how they draw other people, how you draw yourself. I just think it says a lot about somebody. What it says about him, I don't specifically know. (laughs) But it was, I thought it was very interesting to see how he perceived Mm -hmm. himself. He had to make a big deal about the dent in his forehead. Like, this is where I had trauma. Like, he's, you know, he has to make sure everybody knows that he had bumps along the way. But I I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. It was also creepy. It was creepy as hell i'm gonna actually find it hold on some book asmr (laughs) are we dolls the silos and stuff like crazy oh like his detailed sketches of what his perfect murder barn would be like yeah gag yep (laughs) but his self-portrait i thought it was really interesting because his like skull is like the top of his head is huge and then his face is tiny and it's like are you trying to say that you're yeah. like have a big brain like you're so sophisticated or what because that's all yeah, i get from it no. but i'm sure like a psychologist could break that down and be like yeah this is this is his thoughts but yeah anyways or he's just not really a good artist <laughs> yeah that's true i mean he spent enough time yeah. drawing that you'd think he'd get pretty good at it but it's all weird and crazy and unless ugh. he's drawing a ball gag it's not very good yeah yeah (laughs) um what did you think about the book's length overall i liked the book's length it wasn't wasn't too long although it kind of felt that way when i was trying to read it really really fast (laughs) so we could record this episode (laughs) i felt like i was in school again really like cramming for a test but anyways (laughs) the the length was great Um, At times it felt a little bit repetitive, but that was BTK himself explaining 50,000 times that he liked the number three. Like, I get it. I understand. You have to say it one time and I get it. But that's, he's been diagnosed with OCD. So I I see where it comes from and it kind of, you really get to understand his thought process Mm -hmm. by seeing that repetition. But at times it was it was annoying and it could have been trimmed back but i i totally get why it slept in i literally said at times when it was just his ramblings i thought it got a bit long yeah (laughs) yeah but the story and the insight into his mind made the length of his misspelled bullshit worth it so true yeah yeah um if you could hear the story from somebody else's perspective whose would you want to hear um besides paula's because yeah, we talked already talked about that. About that. Um, John Douglas's, and True. I may have to read his book. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I do want to know what he thinks about BTK as well. Mm-hmm. I think the right people told the story, which is funny considering I, I think in like all the other book club episodes, I'm like, nope, I don't want to hear from that guy. He sucks, but <laughs> and he doesn't deserve <laughs> attention. So I'm a total hypocrite right now because BTK does have a lot of he has a lot of opinions and it's quite interesting even though like i don't want to hear him talk but at the same time hate that guy we hate him so much but at the same time i'm not sure anybody else could really keep all of his thoughts straight so i think the right people came together with him being like these are all the crazy things that happen in my mind and then a really intelligent woman to be like okay let's organize this all so i thought it was it was really well done 
but I will agree with you that I'm sure John Douglas has some great opinions on it as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What songs did you come up with for this book? Okay. I failed in this department. <laughs> I did not do a good job. I apologize. <laughs> I did so bad. Um, first, I have just the theme song for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly because he loved the theme song for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And Perfect. he talked about yeah. how much he loved it. I also have another theme song, which is Mission Impossible because he thinks he's some fucking spy. I totally pictured him being like, doing Mission Impossible yeah. like moves oh. with the theme song going on in his head. So that's Totally. Fits. 100%. Perfect. And then the only decent song that I picked was Mr. Mom by Lone Star because he considered himself Mr. Mom when he had to take care of the kids and I'm like right and see I love that song I think I know but when when BTK said it I'm like you're a fucking dick I thought the same thing I'm like you know I didn't have a problem with that song before this but then BTK said it and I'm like I don't like that anymore (laughs) well you're gonna be impressed okay impress me first song I had it picked out before I ever finished the book. Mm-hmm. Fuck You by CeeLo Green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chef's Kiss. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> Love it. Song two. Um, I Hate Everything About You oh. by Three Days Grace. <laughs> Excellent. I have a Three Days Grace CD like literally right there, <laughs> right beside me. I could have just went, yep, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Um, Down With The Sickness. I disturbed. Yes, because he's disturbed. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm surprised that you did not pick this oh, one. Oh, God. What? Platypus, I Hate You Platypus, by Green I Day. Hate you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Green Day is your favorite band. I know. And I can just, I'll just say that I thought I had more time to, to plan out my songs than I did. And it was all very <laughs> last minute. But Platypus, I Hate You is my rage song. It's amazing it's the right? best oh my god Thank i cannot you. believe you didn't pick that i should um, have. <laughs> and i found this other special treasure called btk oh by exodus and it's just like heavy metal and it's I, awesome sure so our our <laughs> our playlist for btk is gonna be well, there's, we got some pink in there, so it'll be like yeah. a little bit of pop, a lot of country from my side, and then yeah. some some heavy metal. Some <laughs> angry shit. Because, you know, me. that's actually pretty fitting because his brain was like a crazy random place. Right? So all those things coming together is kind of appropriate. I know. Yeah. I love it. I love it's it. amazing. Wow, that Green Day pick. I wanted to have the first Green Day pick. I should have thought <laughs> of that. I, ta- I thought for sure oh, yeah. that you would have it. Oh, yeah. Seriously, when I'm when I'm angry, it's just I just play Nimrod like the entire album because there's a lot of good like angry songs on there and I'm like on there. Yeah, (laughs) makes me feel better. (laughs) Yeah, nice, love it. That's fantastic. Um, what questions do you still have? Honestly, I don't really have any remaining questions. Mm -hmm. He was so forthcoming with all of his information because yeah hypergraphia and like to talk um totally yeah that it didn't really leave any loose ends i agree and i'm i'm like i got all the information that i needed and was expecting and i'm pretty btk'd out at this point like yeah i think i'm good which i don't think that's ever happened before like usually i still have questions but you're right like he he told us everything absolutely everything yeah <laughs> like yeah. too much <laughs> yeah. a little bit too much uh 
just yeah, yeah. details, but like could have yeah. shared, not shared a few things that would have Some been fine by me. Yep, exactly. But no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was quite surprised. I'm like, I don't think I actually have any more questions about PTK. Um, what did you Google while reading the book? <laughs> well, same thing as before, general pictures of BTK. Some things I wish that I, I did not see, but I saw them with my eyeballs. Um, I also did uh, Google some of the other serial killers that Dennis Rader talked about because he is obsessed with other serial killers. Like he liked to study their work. And so two that I, I don't know a lot about that I looked up were Harvey Glattman and Leonard Blake. I remember those ones standing out hmm. when he was talking about them. So I, I looked into those and I think I'll do some more research into them as well. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> okay. What didn't I Google? It should yeah. better be yes. the question. Right. Um, however, I was laughing because I was scrolling through my search history to answer this question. And it's like all BTK things like his victims, his symbol, his arrest, his murders. And in the middle of all of the Dennis Rader stuff, my search results were how to return a Nick's bra. <laughs> <laughs> the important things. Right? Which oh. super easy. Yeah. Highly recommend. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it totally reminds me like, so I always use my phone at work, obviously, like just for like quick searching things even like how do i spell that whatever and every time for like a whole week every time i would go to my search bar first thing that would pop up was like btk images and i'm like oh and i kept meaning to close that box but i'd search whatever i needed to search but i would never press send so it always just revert back to pictures of btks every time i opened my freaking internet on my phone it's all i saw and i'm like this is awful man i'm at work i know it's terrible nobody can see because that's not what i'm looking at right now i swear <laughs> it right? just keeps popping up <sighs> um if you had the chance to ask the author one question what would it be um my question for katherine ramsland would be does raider bring out the same feelings of hate in you as he mm -hmm. does for us right or are you more fascinated by his brain mechanics mm -hmm. Definitely. I want, like, I really want to know, do you hate this guy? Right. I, I hope you hate him because I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> I said something very similar, not exactly like that, but I asked, how did it feel to have this relationship with one of the worst human beings on the planet? And were people against the book when it came out as it gave Dennis Rader a voice? So pretty mm. similar. Like, how do you feel about the relationship? You know, because they had to have been rather close for him to share all that and he had all mm -hmm. these codes that she had to figure out and all that stuff so yeah what is that what is that like yeah interesting Ugh. yeah and seriously <laughs> what do you do to unwind great question i need to know <laughs> i need right? some tips what brand of wine is yours <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> um would you read more books written by Catherine Ramsland? Oh yeah. And there's like 58 more books out there of her. So I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if we came across her work again. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I don't know if you realize this, but in If You Tell, because I just recently reread it again, the end that we liked so much that was kind of like an evaluation of the whole scenario was by Catherine Ramsland. I knew her name was familiar. Yes, me too. But that's where it's from is oh. he had the end like kind of epilogue in If You Tell to kind of evaluate Shelly and Dave Notek's whole psychology and the psychology behind like how her kids could forgive her and, you know, still have contact with her and all of that kind of stuff. So amazing. I it was very interesting. Good catch. Yeah. I love that there's like 
like that's the second time that that's happened mm -hmm. about a previous book. Um, right. I was yes. just recently rewatching Unsolved and yes. while I was watching Unsolved, um, Labyrinth was in the actual show, like the yes. book Labyrinth that we read. And I was like, oh my God, like, oh my God, there it, it is. Or there John is. Douglas being in, you know, the Green River book, which of course John Douglas is in so many cases. He's but going to be just, in lots of ours going forward, I'm sure. For sure. But it's just, it's so exciting when you're like, oh my God, yeah, <laughs> like I know Not them. That. Not that we That's, know them, yeah. but we know them. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, my turn to answer. I was like, oh, my brain just <laughs> <I'm> like, totally <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. There's the circle dots that, you know, loading, yeah, loading. That, that was happening. <laughs> yeah. You can just cut that blank part out. That'd be good. <laughs> I don't know if I, I kind of like it. <laughs> uh, um, I definitely think I would read something else of hers. Mm -hmm. Um if I was looking for a book on a specific person and she'd written one, I definitely would read her thoughts on it. Yep. Absolutely. She is a smart lady. She's very smart. Yes. What would you rate this book? I rated it eight out of 10 cats. Nice. I rated it 8.5 out of 10 cats. Ooh, look at us in our 0.5s tonight. I know. <laughs> Weird. Yes. And would you recommend this book? Yes, I would, especially for those specifically interested in the BTK case. This is an excellent book to really get into his twisted mind. It's a pretty intense read, though. So for those that are not fully committed to the true crime and like the disgusting details, then it might be a little bit too much. But for the it's, most part, yeah, it's very I would recommend heavy. It. Yeah. For other marauders like us, I would recommend it for sure. Yes. For yeah. those of you that like to dabble, probably yes. not. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. There's, yeah. yes, there's a, a lot of, we've said it a thousand times. There's a lot of disturbing details. There it is. <laughs> yes. And we had some beautiful humans mm -hmm. send us messages with reviews of Serial Killer's Daughter. And I love them all so much. And yes. um, we loved hearing their thoughts and mm -hmm. they all said we could share their thoughts with you. So yeah. um, these are all from Instagram and Rebecca E said, I've been interested in true crime for a few years now. I read true crime books, listen to podcasts and watch documentaries. When I learned about Carrie's book, I was immediately intrigued. You don't often get the perspective of a relative of a serial killer. I knew about Dennis Rader, BTK but I didn't know anything about his family. It was fascinating to have a first-person account of growing up with a father who seemed normal. Carrie described him as a family man who was well-respected in his community. This made his crimes even more shocking when they were discovered. Carrie was traumatized to learn that her father had committed such horrific acts. I can't imagine what it would be like to be in her position. It must have been so awful to learn as a young adult that your father had tortured and killed people. There were many insights into Raider's family life and how he acted around his wife and children. For the most part, he seemed like a good father, but there were times when he would become angry and lose his temper. His family had tiny glimpses of the monster he kept hidden inside. I would have appreciated more about Carrie's relationship with her father, more that examined that connection. Sometimes Carrie went on for a while talking about life experiences that had nothing to do with being a serial killer's daughter. If I could have another perspective on Raider, I would be really interested to see what his wife had to say. Mm -hmm. Same girl. Mm -hmm. Same. <laughs> I wonder if she had any inkling of the man she married and what he was really like. I would have preferred a longer book that went into more detail, but I still think Carrie did a decent job writing it. 
I would recommend it to others for the rare bit of insight from the relative of such a notorious serial killer. I rated this book three stars. Excellent. Three out of five stars, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, is how she rated five, it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Rebecca. That's Thank fantastic. You. We really appreciate you sending in your, your thoughts about the book. That means the world to us. Yes. Um, and then we have another response from Fabi's Outdoor Library. I am a true crime junkie, so when I saw this book in store, I knew I had to pick it up. I feel mixed emotions when it comes to it, though. She expressed hurt when it came to her father and even complains about how they checked on the victim's families but not hers. I truly didn't know how to feel about it. I also had a few issues about how repetitive it was. It mentioned the spiritual aspects of things numerous times and sometimes felt like it was a spiritual journey. With that being said, I appreciate the thread of the dark humor as she tells her story. I especially enjoyed the last half of the book where it truly picks up and starts to get very intense. I hope people realize that this book is more than just a true crime book, but also a moving account of someone's life that most of us can hardly imagine going through. Writing this book was nearly impossible, and I ended up coming to the conclusion that a memoir should not be rated. If you haven't read this book, I would say go into it with an open mind. And I Beautifully love said. that. I love that. Said. I love your comment about a memoir should not be rated. That's, mm -hmm. that's lovely. I totally agree because it's 100% their story to tell. And it may not be written how somebody else wants it, but that's their not story. their decision. <laughs> it's 100% the author's story. So thank you so much for that, for that input. I really appreciate that response. Yes, love it. Thank you so much. And our last one is from Leslie Olson. Uh, she said, I found the book to be both intensely heartbreaking and fascinatingly disturbing. As someone who identifies with Carrie a great deal as a child being a daddy's girl, a daughter, a sister, a young woman, just starting to find her identity in the world, to be branded for life, thrust into and handed this tremendous identity of being a serial killer's daughter. The courage Carrie had to write this book, I applaud and commend her for sharing with us all a side of her life we would more than understand hiding from. I found myself with mixed feelings throughout the book. I was almost mad when listening to stories of Dennis Rader on camping trips and gardening. How dare he be allowed to have this life of content and love? It's hard to remember he lived two completely separate lives. This is, after all, how he was able to do what he did. 10 out of 10 would recommend. And mm -hmm. she put into words right here mm -hmm. how I felt a lot reading that book. I did connect with Carrie because I am a daddy's girl. Oh, yeah. And I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm, you know. 100%. And I also was really mad at him because he like mm -hmm. yeah how dare you get to have the love yeah. of these amazing people right when you're such a shit human being and did not appreciate it at all like that was just a little like oh that's just side part of my life but my main focus is this horrible devious interest that i have but like oh you know the loving family is just kind of what i do on the side to have this you know that's what I do on Saturdays. Exactly. It's just like, I want other people to see me like this guy, but actually I'm like this guy. I, yeah, it was really frustrating. And we said it in the first episode. I think we summed it up quite well, but it's, it's not fair that a lot of people, they aren't able to have this amazing life that mm -hmm. he was able to put together the one side of him. He had so many people that loved him and cared for him and all of that. And some people just haven't gotten there yet. And that's all they want in the world. But he's just like, no, I don't really care about that. I don't appreciate it. So it's, yeah. it's very frustrating. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Leslie, for your review. I 
completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for yeah. sending in your reviews, contributing. Mm -hmm. It was kind of big for us because that's like the second time that's ever happened yeah. that somebody's actually reviewed a book. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome for us to talk about. So we really appreciate that. Thank you so, so mm -hmm. much. Yes. Um, yeah. I have just a couple final thoughts. So I just want to, you know, get all my thoughts out about BTK. So I don't have brain to brain dump all the BTK. Go back into it. it. To Dennis, I hold a lot of resentment for Dennis Rader. <laughs> to me personally, the things he has done are vile and unforgivable, but I have clearly already expressed my feelings about this man and I don't want to give him any more space in my brain. I will, however, remember the lives that he took as they were beautiful human beings and not just names associated with a monster. That's all I want to say about him. Um, to Carrie, if you ever end up listening to this or any of our coverage of your father, I'm sure it is not easy. We have a lot of strong feelings about what he has done, which I'm sure you can understand. Um, just know that in no way does that affect how we feel about you as a person, even though I wouldn't blame you if you took it personally. You are strong and so courageous for putting yourself out there and sharing your story. And we support you in your journey and for your advocacy for victims of abuse, crime, and trauma. So thank you for sharing your perspective of the family, which is often overlooked. You've shown a lot of people that there are all kinds of victims in these situations, and they all deserve support and understanding. Wow, Those are my final that, thoughts. <laughs> that kind of got me choked up a little bit. Oh, <laughs> well, I just want to put it out there because I know I can't Beautifully even... said. Well, thank you. I, I just can't even begin to understand how difficult it would be to hear all the terrible things that people say about somebody that you love and you have forgiven i can't even imagine how difficult that is and i know we've said a lot of things about this man have not been kind and it's not that i i don't agree with those things or i take any of it back because i still feel that way but i just want to tell her that i i can appreciate like how difficult that would be and that we 100 support her and we do not view her in any of the same light as we do her father and it's not her fault that no. she's in the situation that she's in yeah Agreed. Good. I love that. That's, that's what I got to say about that. Well, I think, I think we did, we did it. it. We, did we did it. So let us know what you thought about the episode. If you are listening to this later and you've read the books, please let us know, shoot us your opinions. Mm -hmm. We want to hear them. Um, you can email us at murdermerlot at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at murdermerlot podcast, Facebook at murdermerlot podcast and Twitter at murdermerlot one. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere else you can find podcasts. We would love if you subscribed, and if you don't, you're dead to me. And remember, we are deep in the depths of reading Helter Skelter and oh yeah, relearning all about the Manson family murders. So if you mm -hmm. have Helter Skelter, if you've read Helter Skelter, read along. Read along, send us your thoughts. Tune in. Get ready because that's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. And if you haven't read it, just like oh. put on your flower crown and. Oh, yeah. You know, we're going to get hippie ish. Come along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to get weird. I promise you. Yes. Yeah. So excited for that. All right. Remember to drink wine because it's not good to keep things bottled up. Bye.